Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show. Sign Guy with you as normal here on a Friday afternoon. A little bit earlier than normal, but before we jump into things with our guests, some show notes for you. If you are looking for some professional wrestling in the next couple of days, Tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena, 1151 South Kentucky Avenue, PNPW in Rainier, Washington, TWC in Corpus Christi, Texas, JCW happening at the Gathering up in Michigan, UCW in West Liberty, Kentucky, and UWF in Yardley, Pennsylvania. Tomorrow night, Northwest Pro in Vaughn, Washington for the 10th anniversary show. That is where you can find me tomorrow. TSW in Hamilton, Ohio. NGW in Knoxville, Tennessee. PAPW in New Haven, Connecticut. FEW in Greenfield, Indiana. Prestige in Portland, Oregon for a two-day tournament. RCW in South Bend, Indiana. BMFX in Lafayette, Indiana. 907 in Anchorage, Alaska, Supreme in Madison, Indiana, FWF in Warsaw, Indiana, SWF in South Holmdale, New Jersey, Five Star Championship Wrestling in New Albany, Indiana for an adult-only show, NWF in Fairfield, Ohio, TCW in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena, PWA in Centerville, Tennessee, and Route 33 Wrestling happening in Spencer, West Virginia. Without further ado, and speaking of WCWO, our guest on his way to the Outlaw Arena as we speak. He is a standout in the Midwest. He was very, very briefly my boss at one point. Blake Money Wright, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you here. Hey, good afternoon, Jason. Thank you for having me, man. I uh, I appreciate it. Well, since it's your first time with us, I will ask you our traditional first-timer question. How did you get into the business of professional wrestling? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, so like many guys that, you know, are currently wrestling, um, you know, I just I grew up as a fan. Um, you know, I don't remember a Monday or when I was growing up a Thursday that went by, but I wasn't watching Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Um, so, you know, just grew up as a fan, you know, as a kid, had the action figures, you know, I, I, you know, begged my parents to buy the pay-per-views growing up. Um, so just obsessed with it. Um, you know, so, um, I had two passions growing up, you know, it was, it was football and it was pro wrestling. And, um, you know, football really took off for me in high school. Um, got to play college football. But after doing that for a little bit, um, you know, I learned that my passion for professional wrestling was way greater than my passion for football. 
Um, you know, so I, I stopped playing uh, college football after my uh, sophomore season and um, decided to pursue professional wrestling and, and, and the rest is history. So, um, yeah, it started out as a fan and um, it evolved into becoming a professional. You have been aligned with WCWO pretty much the entirety of your career. And like we said, you're there tonight. Uh, you've been there through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of uh, challenges with the company, but WCWO is still thriving every single Friday night, still bringing in a good number of fans every week. What's it been like to be sort of a central part of WCWO? Yeah, you know, I mean, first off, it's, um, you know, it's it's certainly, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about WCWO. You know, that was my, um, that was my first home. So um, one of my newest tattoos um, is uh, I actually have 1151 tattooed above my left knee. Um, you know, so I just tells you, and that's the first four numbers of the address at WCWO. So, you know, that, that it's something that's very passionate about me. And, and, you know, yeah, there have been a lot of ups and downs. So, you know, I've been a professional wrestler now. I just had my three-year anniversary last week, you know, and, um, you know, most of my matches have happened at the Outlaw Arena just because I was wrestling there every Friday. And, you know, when I started, it was definitely, um, you know, a hard time for the company. Um, you know, but I just, I stuck it out, you know, um, Joey Owens, he's my mentor. He's taught me a lot of what I know, um, inside of the ring, you know, so like I call him pops. So, you know, he's my, he's my wrestling dad per se. Um, but you know, it, it was tough, you know, cause no one really wanted to, uh, necessarily be involved with WCWO when I started and I just kind of took the bull by the reins and, you know, I just trusted the process, and, you know, um, that place has, has a lot to do with um, a lot of the early success that I've had in my career. So, um, you know, like any other places, there's a lot of ups and downs, but if you ask me, there's a lot more ups than there are downs there. I'm going to presume when you say grab the bull by the reins, that was a Don Basher reference. If not, yeah, it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> It was, yeah, and unfortunately, I uh, I never had the uh, the pleasure of, of meeting uh, Don Bash. Unfortunately, right when I came there, it was shortly after he passed. So, um, but I, I actually I watched him as a kid a lot. You know, my first ever indie shows, I would go down to WCWO as a kid. Me and actually my buddy uh, JB, he's a wrestler now too at WCWO. We were we were obsessed with it. That was back when when uh, it's Tom Weeder uh, had the had the title for a really long time. So, you know, I remember growing up watching Jonathan, you know, wrestle when he was like twelve, thirteen years old. So, um, yeah. So, but unfortunately, never had the pleasure of meeting Don. But I had the pleasure of watching him in the ring. I also watched a lot of Don Basher matches when I was growing up, and had the pleasure of working for him. He once retired like five minutes before my match. That's a oh, tough wow. spot right there. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tough act to follow, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was back the next week, of course, but he did retire for that few minutes before my match hit. But, uh, yeah, right. definitely, I also love any time I get to go to WCWO. But you in the recent uh, past here have been making strides outside of the home base. 
I know last week you went to CZW, which, as fans know, is a pretty big independent company, and a lot of wrestlers strive to get to a place like CZW. Can you tell us what led to you getting the opportunity to go there? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was a place that was always on my radar. You know, like you said, it was a place that a lot of, you know, um, current independent wrestlers are, are trying their hardest to be. Um, you know, so it was a place that I wanted to be, you know, because, I mean, first off, the place has made, um, you know, many stars. I mean, you want to talk recently, they made the, you know, they made MJF, you know, who he is. You know, they've made Adam Cole, Moxley, Sammy Callahan. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. So I knew that was a place that, I certainly wanted to be. Um, so luckily, uh, you know, I have a really good friend by the name of Jarrett Diaz. Him and I actually played college football together. He lives in New York, and we kind of both decided to stop playing football and pursue professional wrestling together, right, and we kind of just stuck with it. And, um, you know, he's been at CZW for a little while, and, you know, I was just knocking on their door like crazy. I mean, a lot not to pull back the curtain too much, but, you know, as an independent wrestler, it's kind of up to you to get your name out there, you know. So I was – I was hitting up DJ Hyde, you know, nonstop. You know, I was emailing him every week. Um, I got his phone number. I was on the phone with him. You know, I was constant communication with him. And, um, you know, he grew to appreciate my work. And, you know, he gave me an opportunity, um, you know. And, and, and I started out as, as a replacement guy, too. Um, you know, he told me, you know, hey, if you can – if you can get out here to, to Hog de Gras, Maryland, because that's where they run. Um, usually they run there, then they run in Blackwood, New Jersey. But he's like, if you can get yourself out to Maryland, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll try to find something for you. And I remember the first time going there, I was just hoping that, you know, someone wouldn't show up or someone would get a flat tire, as terrible as that sounds. And uh, sure enough, someone canceled in the last minute. You know, he's like, you have your gear bag. And like a good, a good young professional wrestler, I always have my gear with me. And, um, you know, so, and the rest is history. I knocked it out. It was kind of like a tryout match, and, and now the rest is history, you know. And now I'm kind of a, you know, I'm very fortunate to say I'm a main staple there. And um, But, you know, um, you know, place, people like Jarrett, you know, places like WCWO, and, um, you know, they, they've kind of helped me get ready for moments like that when they've arrived. As someone that is starting out traveling, uh, going hundreds of miles away from the home base to wrestle, do you have any travel tips that you've discovered while traveling that might help someone that is just about to begin traveling out of the home base? Yes, I'm a big believer in flying places, right? Um you know, like, I usually have, like, a general rule of thumb where it's just, like, hey, you know, like, uh, like now, because CZW, they run uh, usually the last week of every month or the first week of every month. So I fly out to New York. Um, you know, I hang out with my buddy Jarrett. Usually I get on a few shows in New York, and then I usually finish that Saturday or Sunday working for CZW. And, and I say fly just because, like, man, there's so much wear and tear on cars. You know, if you're driving 10, 11, 12 hours on a weekend basis, like, it's just not worth it uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I say fly uh, and, and pick an airline. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm a big Delta fan. So I, I always fly Delta everywhere because, like, you're going to be racking up all these miles. Um, and I'm just a big believer in flying, man, because it's stress-free because, like, you get to the show, yeah, you might be a little jet lag, but you haven't been in a car for 12 hours. So, like, 
I'd say fly places and, like, make friends with people that are by the shows that you're regularly at. Like, for example, my buddy Jarrett, he lives in the Bronx. Um, it's only a two-and-a-half-hour drive from the Bronx to Harvard Gras, Maryland. It's only a 45-minute drive from the Bronx to New Jersey. Um, so, you know, like, I've got, I've got a friend there. You know, like, for example, like, I'm, I'm going to Cincinnati, like the Hamilton, Ohio area. Um, tomorrow, like, I have a friend that lives down there, like, I will be staying with them after the show, like, just make friends, you know, and, like, it, just make friends with the people that you're on shows with, like, it's a lot easier, because, like, don't get me wrong, like, I've, my early years, like, I spent my fair share of driving 10, 11, 12 hours to places, and I was just a zombie the entire week, so, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer, if, if you're in the position where you can fly, fly and stick with an airline and rack up those miles, that, that, that's the big thing. One of the things that a lot of promotions do year-round, but especially this time of year for outdoor shows, we see a lot of battle royals, and promoters will bring in guys, and a lot of times they'll put them in the battle royal as sort of a filler match so they can get guys work. Uh, Fans love battle royals generally. Wrestlers tend to have mixed feelings on battle royals some of them really enjoy doing them others despise having to be in a battle royal where do you stand on the battle royal match uh you know i think there's uh i think there's only one good battle royal a year usually it happens in january and it's called the royal rumble uh that's I think that's the one, like, okay, this is good. Um, It's because on the indies, I think it's tough to pull off. I mean, um, you know, because, like, I'm kind of at this, like, weird middle ground in my career where it's just like, okay, I've done done a lot of things. I've got a lot of matches. Like, am I a greenhorn still or am I, like – I never want to call myself a veteran um, just because I feel like it's such, like, a – it's such, like, an entitlement, like, clout thing, like, ego thing, if you will. So – I don't know. Like, when I first started uh, wrestling, I love battle royals because, like, you know, it, it would get me consistent work. But now, like, me, like, I don't I don't like being in battle royals with people that are 10 matches, less than 10 matches in just because, you know, injuries and people just doing stupid things. Um, so, I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle ground of it. Like, there's there's times where I can't stand them and there's times when I love them. Like, for example, like, uh, uh, it was a couple weeks ago at the Don Bash Memorial Show and um, – at WCWO, and at first I was kind of like, man, I don't want to do this. But then afterwards, like, dude, I had so much fun. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I go back and forth on it. I'm not trying to avoid the question by any means, but uh, I think there's times when, I, like, it's, there's no in-between. It's either I love them or I hate them. Like, there's no, there's no middle ground. Now, if you want to hear a great story about a battle royal where guys – under 10 matches in and doing stupid things that led to an injury. Ask Kid about the time I was in a battle royal and almost died. He'll tell you the story. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask him that tonight as soon as I pull up to the uh, to the venue. I'll, I'll be sure to, to ask him about that. Yeah, he can definitely tell you the story. Also, on a side note on that same story, that's when I discovered I could tell the address of the Outlaw Arena even when knocked out because it was the only address I could remember for several days. <laughs> well, see, if I ever get knocked out, I can kind of cheat. I can just look down at my knee, and I know it starts with an 1151. So. 
That's true. I was looking around for a chart when I woke up in the hospital because I couldn't remember my address, but I knew the outlaw arena one, so that's the one I fed when they asked, where am I? Mm. Nice. That's funny. Oh, man. Well, not not funny that you got hurt, but at least you get a good story out of it. At least you're all right now. That's all that matters. That's true. I was fine. It just looked a little scary to a lot of people. Right, right. Oh, I can only imagine. You, like you said, are still relatively new. Three years is not a lot of time in the business in comparison to a lot of the people. Wrestling Mm -hmm. schools are something that the quality of and the criteria of and the curriculum of are very divergent within wrestling all across the country. Uh, You have schools that are ran by guys that aren't fully trained themselves. You have schools that are ran by people that wrestle on national television for decades. Some schools teach you out-of-the-ring situations and how to make this a business. Some schools strictly teach you moves and holds. There's a lot of differences out there, a lot of schools out there. If someone came to you today and they were thinking of getting into the wrestling business, what are some of the schools you would suggest to people as a means to getting into pro wrestling? So, you know, first off, um, I mean, I I would try to, uh, I think anyone that's ever come to me for, you know, professional wrestling schools, like, usually I'm kind of reluctant to give them advice. Um, and the reason being is just like, um, I don't see professional wrestling as a, um, like social club where it's just like, Oh, Hey, everybody gets in. Right. Like I kind of see it more of like a, like a fraternity, you know, where it's kind of like a, Hey, it's an invite only type of thing. You know, like you kind of got to earn it. Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not someone that likes to necessarily pull back the curtain um, so, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of tell them like, Hey, this is your life now. You know, you're going to, you're going to have to break up with, you know, with girlfriends cause you're never home or your boyfriends cause you're never home. You know, you're not, you're going to miss Christmases. You're going to miss holidays. You're going to be hurt all the time. You're going to have no life. Like this, this is, this is what it is now, you know, cause I don't want to tell someone it's all sunshine and rainbows cause it's the, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but there's many positives to it, but if someone um, you know, really checked all those boxes and I was like, okay, there's a passion there. Because if they don't have a passion, they should just get out. That's that's always my opinion. And um, so, you know, I, I think, uh, I mean, it depends on where you're, you're based. You know, like if you're in the state of Indiana, there's two very, very good schools. Um, you know, you have WCWO. They run uh, they run training, um, you know, learn from Joey Owens. He's helped me out. And then another guy that's helped me out along the run, uh, White River Wrestling, Jake Oman. He was, he was my first trainer. Um, he runs a school in the Fishers area. Um, you know, there's then if you want to go get trained by some other places um, that I've heard good things of. I know I haven't been there, but I've just heard good things. And I know dudes, I have friends that have went there. Black and Brave Academy, it's um, ran by Seth Rollins and Merrick Brave. Merrick Brave is mostly the guy there from what I've heard. I could be wrong because, like I said, I haven't been there. I'm just based off what I've heard. Um, then you've got Cody Hawk, who runs in Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, that dude's made so many stars, like TikTok's favorite star right now, L.A. Knight. 
was there. Um, you know, Sammy Callahan, Moxley. He's made he's made some good guys. Um, and then you know when it comes like if you're down south. Um, Oh, what are some good down south schools that I know that that I've that I've heard? I know the Nightmare Factory is kind of overlooked by Cody Rhodes. Um, surely one knows him. On the East Coast, I know CZW and uh, DJ Hyde. They run a school. Like when I was there in New York, uh, their their heavyweight champion right now, Rich Swan, was leading training. So I mean, there's really good places out there. I just think like when you're looking for a wrestling school, like you need to ask yourself like, okay, who's come out of here? And if you can't name someone that ever came out of there, like that should tell you everything you know. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, hey, if you're a college athlete, if you're a college basketball player, you know, like where do you want to go to school? Oh, you want to go play for John Calipari and Duke. You want to go play – or not John Calipari and Duke. John Calipari in Kentucky, you want to go play for Duke. You know, you want to go play for those blue bloods that have, like, produced so many stars. Um, and I think the same thing is for wrestling. You just ask yourself, like, okay, who came out of there? And, like, this trainer is going to be training me, like – What's his background? Like, what has he done in this business? Because you can learn from anybody in this business. Like, I'm a big believer. Like, you can learn from the newest kid in the locker room to the most experienced person in the locker room. Like, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a very unique business. Absolutely for sure. Well, we have hit the point in the program where we have a game we like to play. We call it Word Association. I will throw out the names of some people that you most likely have come across in the course of your career. The first word or two that pops to your mind is the answer. Are you ready to do some word association? Let's do it, man. I'm excited for this. This will be fun. All right. First name, Madman Fulton. Freak. (laughs) He's a... He's insane with how he moves around the ring. So I, I would say freak. I, I wrestled him before, and the dude's just a, he's just a freak in the ring. He's hes very talented. Calvin Tankman. Hard hitting. I, I worked him early on in my career, and that was the first time I really got my bell rung in the ring. So I would say hard hitting. Rohit Raju. Uh, gas tank. That's kind of like an inside term. The dude never gets worn out. I, I wrestled with him as well, and he's uh, his gas tank is unreal, man. He can go like none other. Ricky Marvin. Ooh. Um, I would say smooth. Another guy I share the ring with. Very smooth in everything that he does. I'll say smooth and then intense. Because I did a seminar of his, too, and he's, he's been a very intense person from his time in Japan. Keith Slater. The best. Um, he's, I, I call him Uncle Heath now. Uh, you know, he's really helped open some doors for me. Um, you know, he, he really helped me transform my body as of late. Um, but literally the most genuine, best person I've met in this industry. Shannon Moore. Mm, knowledge. I uh, wrestled him too, and uh, I learned so. I, I learned less is more from him. You know, I thought I needed to do a million and one things, but when I worked him, less is more. So he's just, just a wealth of knowledge. Zachary Wentz. 
man, first word that comes to mind. Amazing. Uh, you know, another dude that I worked like, uh, you know, he's, he, he's amazing, man. I mean, he spent some time. He's with Impact now. You know, he's with WWE. Um, you know, he was teaching me some of the stuff that he learned from Shawn Michaels. So, like, just, just an amazing experience when I wrestled him. T.J. Perkins. Goat. The absolute goat. I wrestled him when I was, like, four or five months in, and uh, he's the best person I've ever shared a ring with. Like, just the greatest of all time. He's a goat, man. J.K.O. Um, love. I absolutely love that guy, man. I mean, him and I, like, you know, uh, I'm sure there's been some times where, like, I've been, you know, kind of a little difficult to work with here and there. But, like, man, that guy's always loved me, and he's always wanted the absolute best for me. So, um, can't say enough great things about that guy. Whatever my head's been in my rear end, he's always helped me pull it out. You know, whenever I'm doing good things, he's praising me. So, just love. That's the first word for J.K.O. Rachel Armstrong. Um, high flying. Referee Wayne Silver. Underrated and underappreciated. He is, and I've been like all across the country, um, best ref I've ever been in the ring with. Like underrated and underappreciated and like that guy needs to be refing at, at larger promotions like today. Hillbilly Jed. Oh man. Oh man, Jed. God, I missed that guy. Um first word. Um or here's two words. Sneaky athletic. People don't realize how sneaky athletic he is. Pogo. <laughs> crazy. And I say that with, with a with a great with a great undertone with it. He's crazy, man. I love Pogo, but he's one crazy SOB, that's for sure. Last name on the list, Baron Von Kane. Um Gentle Giant. He's a big guy, but he's very kind, and he's very professional. Uh, We'll go Gentle Giant, because he's very tall, very big dude. But he's very soft-spoken, and he's just just a great guy. Agreed. Well, that wraps up Word Association. Excellent job on that. Nice. That was fun, man. That was a good little mental mental workout for me. Got the the brain going before the show today. Mm -hmm. As you know, one of the things that is vital to a professional wrestler is their wrestling gear. If you're serious on making it in a sport, you need to have professionally made gear, boots, trunks, tights, all of that type of thing. Uh, Guys that just show up and wrestle in sweatpants and T-shirts usually aren't going to go very far in the business, so gear is a vital thing to invest in for a pro wrestler. Where do you go when you are in the market for new wrestling gear? 
Uh, so I go through a gentleman by the name of Coy Phillips. Um, he's out east over in North Carolina. Um, I, I, I've, I've been through a few gear makers, um, you know, but by far I think he's the best. He's made my newest gear that I just started wearing uh, about three months ago or so. Um, but he's great. High, atten- high attention to detail and, um, you know, he asks questions and he's very quick, very responsive, um, you know, and just 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 great quality. So, um, but Coy Phillips is his name. As someone that's been around a little bit and has been to different places, I'm sure you've seen a wide diversions as far as wrestling gear, good and bad, and some in the middle. What would you say is the best wrestling gear that you have seen someone? wearing on a show that you've personally done? That, I, that I've personally seen? Um, yeah. That's a good question. Um, let's toot my own horn. I like my new gear a lot. Um, but, um, you know, I really like my buddy Jarrett Diaz. He's got, some, he's got some really good new gear that he just got made. Um, it's like Avengers theme. It's like red, gold, and black, and just the way it pops looks looks really good. Um, but you know, lo- locally wise, I think um, Logan Myers. I think mean, he's got some really good gear. Um, he's always switching it up. He has a unique gimmick, and it's just different from what everyone else is wearing. Um, so those are those are kind of the the first two guys that that come to mind. And then on TV, I think I love Cody Rhodes' gear. I think Cody Rhodes has great gear with his. Um, with his long-tailed ring jacket and the long tights and the boots, I think I think he's got a hell of a look too. Al, in a similar vein, we know in pro wrestling, the actual physical rings can vary a lot going promotion to promotion. Mm-hmm. Some promotions use multiple rings depending on what venue they use or what type of show they're doing, so forth, so on. I know you've been in several different rings of various qualities and construction. What would you say is your personal favorite physical wrestling ring that you've competed in so far? Uh, Easy, WCWL. Um, The the one that they have, uh, not the one they use for traveling, but the one they use on Friday nights, and I don't know if it's because – it's the ring that I've had most matches in and that I spent a good time training in. Um, but I just, I love it. Like the ropes are always nice. Turnbuckles are always nice. Like it's not too loud, not too mounty. Um, you know, I've had a lot of my favorite matches inside of it too. So um, I, I would say the Doves ring is, is, is my number one favorite. That is a very, very good ring. I've been in it many times, never had an issue in it except maybe once, and that wasn't the ring's fault. Right. (laughs) In the last several years in professional wrestling, one of the more popular trends has been the growing emergence of Lucha Libre. We've seen in the last five to ten years a lot of all Lucha Libre promotions popping up all over the United States and places that you wouldn't necessarily associate with Lucha Libre, places like Portland, Oregon, and North Carolina all have all Lucha promotions. 
is lucha wrestling something that you've either trained in very much or have participated in very much? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, you know I've trained in it, you know, and I've uh, you know I'm not I'm not a lucha guy by any means. It's not my style. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, one of my, my, my original trainer, Jake Elman, you know, he's been, uh, all across the country, you know, so he, he, he knows some lucha. He's been able to teach me just what I need to know on that. And then also Jonathan as well, you know, he's, he's a lucha guy. So he's run lucha training, um, with like literal Spanish speaking people at, um, at, at the dub. And he invited me to it one time and, uh, it was funny, me and Logan Myers, and, like, we were, like, uh, like locking up. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you know, lucha lock it, you know, like, flip it. And so then, like, we were kind of, like, lock up and with it. And the next thing we know, we're throwing right arm drags and right everything. So um, not necessarily my style, though, with me being a heavyweight. I don't I don't, I don't see myself, uh, you know, throwing a Hurricane Rana, but, you know, I know how to. Um, probably just won't look as as cool as Rachel Armstrong's. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, it is booming, you know, Indian hasn't really taken off big time, but I know Chicago, um, you know, as a, as a huge lucha market, um, you know, and wrestling lucha guys, it's fun. Like Brando Lee, um, my, technically my last match, which was last Saturday, um, you know, he, he does lucha, you know, he sent me with some wheelbarrow arm drag and some poison ranas, like, um, you know, and, and, and those guys, they're, they're fun to wrestle, man, because they're, they're so quick. They're so smooth. Uh, obviously, Ricky Marvin, too, he, he's teaching me some lucha during his seminar as well. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely growing, and, and, I, and I think, you know, that, um, you know, it's good just because it's different. And, and, and I think being different is, is what really makes people stick out in professional wrestling. Now, also... One of the trends in pro wrestling is the Japanese style in pro wrestling. Japan mm. was always sort of a niche market within the United States. It would be covered in PWI on one or two pages. There were tape traders back when tape trading was something big. Mm. Nowadays, New Japan Pro Wrestling airs on American television. There are standalone tours for New Japan within the United States, pay-per-views within the United States, and we see a lot of Japanese independent wrestlers coming to the United States to tour. A lot of American independents go to Japan to tour compared to what we had years ago. What do you think of the growing influence of the Japanese wrestling within the United States? Um, you know, I think out of all the international styles that are in professional wrestling, um, you know, um, Japanese strong style, um, it's probably my favorite, um, you know, just because I, I like to throw my strikes, I like to throw my kicks, um, you know, but I think in America, um, you have to be careful, you know, using that style because, um, you know, the whole entire fighting spirit, I think what a lot of you know, independent American wrestlers don't understand is that, um, you know, the fighting spirit, you know, that comes, I, I believe, from, like, uh, that there's a war over in Japan. I forget the exact war. Um, but literally, like, they had fighting spirit. Like, they were they were willing to die. Like, that was a cultural thing, you know. So I think in America, when they do it and they haven't been over to Japan, it kind of looks a little hokey, if you ask me. 
Um, but, you know, I certainly, I love the physicality and the brutality and how it's treated as a sport and a combat in Japan because, like, you know, I'm a big believer in professional wrestling. Like, yeah, there's times where it can look smooth, it can look like a dance, but I think there's some times where it should look like a struggle and it should look like a fight, you know, and you should be hitting each other as hard as you can. Like, I I love the physicality and brutality. Like, I like being hit hard, and I don't know if that's just because I used to play, you know, football or what, but... Um, yeah, I think pro wrestling is a contact sport. So, and some of my favorite guys to watch um, are from Japan. Like Katsuyori Shibata is one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, you know, he he had a lot of influence on early Blake Wright um, in ring work wise. So, um, yeah, I I, I love uh, I, I love strong style. That's that's probably my favorite international style. I would say. Ow. You're only three years into wrestling, so I don't know how much you have done, but television wrestling is something that has exploded in the last five years or so with the Mm -hmm. technology available now. A lot of independent companies will go to streaming services like IWTV or Mm Powerbomb.tv, so forth, so on, so they have not necessarily a traditional wrestling on television presence, but people are able to watch it on their televisions uh, wherever they may be. You also have the traditional television in several markets where cable channels will broadcast independent wrestling. And then, of course, the national companies like your Impact Wrestling, AEW, WWE, New Japan, all air on traditional cable outlets. Do you have a lot of matches that are televised? And if so, do you find yourself wrestling differently in a televised situation compared to if it was just for the fans at the arena? Uh, yeah, that's a terrific question. So, yeah, um, I, I have worked TV. Um, so I've worked for uh, OVW uh, down in Louisville. I've worked for them. And then, you know, being down at IWA Mid-South, I was on IWTV on a weekly basis. And then, um, in fact, the place I'm wrestling tomorrow is on the Premier Network uh, for Tri-State Wrestling. Um, you know, and, and so I'm very fortunate to be this and very humbled to be this early on in my career and have that much experience working, like, on, on TV and working on all these streaming platforms. Like, it's, it's certainly a blessing. Like, if you told me right when I first started that I was going to be doing all these things this early on, I would have been like, man, like, I, I want to have what you're drinking. Um, but, uh but, yeah, no, I mean, when it comes to, like, wrestling different, um, no. I mean, I cause I feel like I've found – I finally have figured out who the wrestling character Blake Wright is, you know, and I've learned what Blake Wright does. Um, you know, I think the only time that my character wrestles different or acts different is in certain situations, you know. Like, uh, I'm not going to be, you know, all laughing, and, and I'm not a comedy guy, but – if I'm in a championship match, yeah, I'm not going to be laughing. You know, I'm going to be serious. Or, you know, if I'm being a, you know, if I'm being a, uh, a chicken crap heel, uh, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to act a little bit different. But, you know, when it comes to, like, all of it, like, I think I finally found who I am. So it doesn't matter if there's a camera rolling and a red dot on it. You know, I'm just going to be me. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. And I think the reason why I always, like, kind of wrestle that, like, TV style I think with air quotes is just because like my end goal is WWE, um, you know. So 
I, I, I should probably get practice at, at, you know, working at South to the best of my abilities. So, um, but to answer your question, long story short, no, I don't, I don't see myself wrestling or performing differently, um, you know, on TV or on camera. And you say that you're not a comedy guy. A comedy in wrestling dates back to the very earliest days of pro wrestling. There was usually one or two comedy matches on every show because the theory was wrestling was like the circus where you would put out as many yeah. styles as you could on one show to appeal to a wide audience and bring in the most people. Uh, mm-hmm. In recent years, we've seen all comedy promotions like Chikara, Gouge in North Carolina. Uh, there are others, but a lot of fans enjoy the comedy aspect of wrestling, even though the traditional mindset was funny does not equal money. But every promoter tends to put some comedy on their shows regardless of that. Do you... Maybe not as a performer, but as a fan of wrestling, enjoy the comedy wrestling, or is it something that you don't really find a place for on your traditional wrestling shows? Um, you know, um, I guess I'll answer like under this perspective. If I ever had a professional wrestling show, which I never see myself putting on the Booker hat just to see what they go through. Um, no, I would I, I wouldn't book a comedy match just because it's you know I believe in like the sport and the tradition of it. Um, but you know I mean yeah I mean if I put on you know my fans glasses, um, yeah I mean our truth's hilarious. Um, you know the stuff that Daniel Bryan and Kane were doing a few or many years ago, which is crazy to say many years ago. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I find it entertaining. Like Orange Cassidy, you know, watching him. Yeah, he's, he's funny and entertaining. Um, I just don't see myself ever doing that. But, um, you know, I think the perfect example of someone that can be, you know, ha-ha and intense is Kurt Angle. Because look at Kurt Angle, man. Like, he was playing, like, a ukulele, you know, uh, singing and, and just making a fool of himself and laughing, ha-ha. But as soon as the bell rang, he meant business. Um, I think it's a perfect balance of it, but, um, but, uh, yeah, to answer your question though, like, yeah, as a, as a, as a fan, you know, if I'm putting on my fan hat, which is hard to do, um, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy it, but only to a certain extent. One of the other parts of professional wrestling is something you don't necessarily see full promotions of, but. Pretty much all standard promotions will use submission wrestling as a genre, and there are a lot of submission-based wrestling fans that want to see more holds rather than moves during the course of a match. Uh, In Japan, there have been a few submission-based promotions that have various degrees of success. Do you do a lot of submission-based wrestling in your own career? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, not a whole lot, but I mean, um, every now and then, you know, I'll, there's three submissions that I'll go that I'll go between, and, and usually it's a, a cross face um, or a figure four. Um, I used to I used to use an ankle lock. I haven't used it in a minute, um, but. 
But, yeah, I, I mean, every now and then I'll use it, but it's really just like, you know, does it fit the story? Like, does it fit the the picture that I'm trying to paint? You know, that, that that's what I ask, you know, because a lot of guys in this business, oh, I want to do my move, I want to do this, I want to do that. See, I don't think that. See, I'm like, okay, I take what, you know, the booker is trying to present, and I'm trying to, you know, take that and just paint it as beautifully as I can, you know, because wrestling is an art, you know. Um, you know, you got you literally have a, you know, a 20 by 20 or an 18 by 18 or 16 by 16 canvas that you're, you know, figuratively painting uh, a story to all these fans. So, um, you know, I think the mission wrestling is great, you know, because I think it, it brings in believability, you know. Um, you know, I love technical wrestling. It's great. Um, but, well, every now and then I'll use submissions, and more so when um, when I'm a heel, uh, I would say, just because I feel like, um, you know, a submission is a great thing to do because I remember being a kid watching Kurt Angle wrestle John Cena at SummerSlam, I believe it was, and seeing John Cena in an ankle lock, and I was never more terrified in my life <laughs> that, that Cena was about to lose. So, um, you know, I think I think it's great for the business. I really do. One of the things that crosses the minds of the vast majority of pro wrestlers at some point or another is getting into the promotional aspect of things, whether they're looking to start their own promotion after they hang up the boots or if they start their own promotion while active. Some wrestlers want to do a one-off just to experience the promotional end. Is promoting your own show something that, at this point, you have ever considered? No. Um, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, okay. Well, to answer honestly, I'm sure it crossed my mind, but it hasn't lasted for long. Just because, like, I don't know. I just very much so enjoy being a performer, um, you know. And I and I and I've seen how hard it is firsthand to. Um, to do that, you know, to, you know, for to promote a show. So um, it is not something that's like really, you know, crossed my mind. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, it is it doesn't ever say never. But at this point in my career now, I don't, I don't see myself ever um, promoting or, or running a show. Oh, well, I'll promote a show by cutting promos and sharing the flyer and all that. But no, I'll never have my own show. In a year from now, if I'm begging you for a booking on Blake Wright Championship Wrestling, I'll remind you of this very moment. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, send me the screen record. It's like, hey, remember when you said this? Yeah, just send that to me, and, uh, and, we'll, and we'll get you on the on the card. I appreciate that. You never did book me when you briefly took control from JKO. That would be the makeup oh. for it. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, the former you know WCW <laughs> owner. That was hard, man. That was hard. Yeah, no. I forgot. That's probably one of my favorite storylines. I I forgot all about that, which is crazy because, like, I've now been at WCWO where I'll be talking to people or, you know, I'll be talking to fans. I'm like, hey, remember when you did this? And I'm like, oh, my God, that completely slipped my mind. My my old man, funny, funny, funny story, he thought that was the funniest thing ever. Like, he loves when I was the owner of the company and – all the crazy things that I was doing on a weekly basis, like that was, oh, that was the best. Uh, I, I, like all the stuff I did with JKO, like, oh, that was great. I think that was probably the most heat uh, I ever had as, as a heel in this business. Uh, 
The most I ever saw from you, that, that makes any difference. That was a fantastic piece of business you did with JKO, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I learned a lot learning that storyline. And uh, it was a fun ride, for sure. Like, I didn't want it to end, but, you know, you know how it is. You know, the, the good guy's got to run ride off into the sunset, so... Absolutely. This is the time of year where a lot of promotions, like I said earlier, will run outdoor shows, and you see a lot of shows running at county fairs and festivals, and they will have an outdoor show, whether it's under a tent or it's just out in the open, and they hope for the best weather-wise, but a lot of places run outdoors in the summer months is an outdoor show something that as a general rule you enjoy doing or would you rather stay indoors oh give me all the air conditioning i uh i'm just not a big fan wrestling outside i mean every now and then it's cool but like in the summer um yeah it's miserable you know it's not fun like guys are getting way too sweaty and and I think the crowd gets more tired when they're in the sun for that long too. So, um, you know, I don't mind it, but yeah, if I had the, if I had the choice, I'll take like blast me with that cold air conditioning all day, every day. Have you ever experienced an outdoor show where the sky suddenly opens up and rain just pours down? Actually, yes. Yeah. So I wrestled. Uh, it was the when I was the WCWO uh, champ. Um, I was wrestling Jake Coleman in a blow-off, right? And this is right around the Indy 500. So I think it was like late May, early June. So he's like, yeah, you know, we should have the blow-off um, outside. We're the only match that happens outside. Set up a ring out there, set up a cage. We're going to drive cars around. The cars are going to be the lights. It's going to be great. Well, when you know, Indiana weather, you've, you've been here a time or two, so you, you know how it is. It can be a little bipolar. So uh, during the match, it was uh, 38 degrees and raining. And uh, we still did the match outside. Surprisingly, it wasn't that cold, but, you know, I'm wrestling in my Speedo, and he's wrestling in his uh, bikers. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a little cold, but once the adrenaline started pumping, we didn't feel anything. I definitely woke up sick the next day. Um, but that's probably one of my top five favorite matches that I've ever had. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it definitely makes for an environment. If it makes you feel better, in Boise, Idaho, every New Year's Eve, they wrestle outside at the City Hall. It's usually somewhere around 20 degrees and snow. Oh, great. Gotta love it. I've done that because it's like fleeting. It's great. It's a vibe for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't complain because I've never experienced that specifically, but. I know the guys that go through it, and it's a tough day at the office for sure. Oh, most definitely. (laughs) We are a few months away from it, but before we know it, it will be holiday gift-giving season. Wrestling fans love to get wrestling-related items at the holidays. Uh, There's so much out there right now. Books, DVDs, posters, shirts, 
all sorts of things. What are some of the items on the market that you would recommend to someone if they were looking to give a wrestling-related holiday gift? I would say go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Blake Money, right? And, uh, and, and you know, I've got, I've got four shirt designs up there that are absolutely wonderful. But uh, if, if they live underneath a rock and they, and they don't want a Blake Christ shirt, um, then, I, then I recommend that uh, – I, I say it sarcastically, by the way. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, wrestling-related gifts, I mean, um, you know, I think, I think the best thing you can give someone is, is, is pro wrestling tickets, man. To a show, like there's nothing like it. Like if you've never been to a pro wrestling show, just taking them to even if it's an indie or even if it's a Raw or an AEW or an Impact, um, you know, there's there's nothing like it. Like pro wrestling events are the best best live experience that you can have, whether they're big or small. So I'm always a big believer on you know, hey, get them get them a uh, you know, just get them get them some tickets. Luckily for people listening that think that is a great idea, WCWO most years will run on Christmas Day. I'll throw out there that I am undefeated at WCWO on Christmas Day, but if you're looking for a Christmas gift (laughs) involving tickets, you do have some actual Christmas Day options out there. Yeah. WCWO, they they run every Christmas, so... And I, and, I, and I don't want to jump the gun, but I think that is the plan again for this year, as long as there's not feet of snow or ice, then that should be the thing. You never know. I might just sneak back in, jump in on the Christmas show again this year. I always enjoy working on the Christmas show. It's a great time. That's awesome, man. Yeah, hey, who knows? Maybe it could be you and me on Christmas. You never know. <laughs> I would definitely do it. <laughs> Just keep in mind, I would want my undefeated streak to remain, so I'd be coming at you hard. Uh oh, uh oh. All right, okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep. I'll I'll be sure to fight for it. (laughs) All right, I'm not above hitting somebody with something, so just be forewarned. I'll I'll wear a cup and everything. I'll I'll come prepared. (laughs) All right. Well, we're down to the last several minutes of the show today, and I want to make sure you have ample time. If there is anything at all you want to say to the listeners, if you want to plug and promote absolutely anything, social media, merchandise, upcoming appearances, your favorite barber shop, anything you want, floor is all yours. Ooh, favorite barber. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug my barber because i got a great set of hair, and it's thanks to him. Uh, so first off, Instagram, uh, BlakeWright317, that's the social media I'm most active on. Feel free to follow me on that. Um, I have started doing TikTok Live, uh, same username. So usually I go live on TikTok at least a couple times throughout the week to keep in touch with the fans. Um, yeah, just support your local indies. You know, um, I'll be at WCWO tonight, but I'll be at Tri-State Wrestling tomorrow. Uh, but just support your local independents. Um, you know, that, that, that's a great thing to do. and. Um, you know, they need your support more than ever. Um, and shout out to my barber, Dane Monks, who's located in, in Carmel, Indiana. Best fade in all of Indy. I love that guy. He's getting married in March, so be sure to tip him well, too, because weddings ain't cheap. But uh, And be sure to continue to listen to this very podcast, too. Well, Blake Money Wright, I want to thank you very much for being with us today. Great having you on the show, 
and hopefully we will do this again very soon. Yes, likewise, man. You just let me know when, and uh, we'll get it on the schedule. But thank you again. Absolutely. Don't forget to ask Jake A.O. about that battle royal. He's got the full scoop for you. Oh, yeah, I got you. As soon as I walk in tonight, that'll be the first thing. <laughs> All right. Now, keep in mind it was traumatic for some of the people that will be in the building, but I was fine. I was fine. Yeah, yeah you're still here. That's, that, that's the big thing. So. It, it looked worse than it was, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah Kittle fill you in on the story. Oh, you got it, man. I'll, I'll be sure to text you, too, and let you know uh, – let, let, let you know what my two cents are on all of it. All right. Sounds like a solid plan. Give my very best to all the boys there at WCWO, and I hope to see all of you soon. Likewise. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Fans, if you have not gotten familiar with Blake Money Right, change that. Go look him up on the YouTubes. Go buy a ticket. He will be at Outlaw Arena tonight. He's in Ohio tomorrow. Buy a ticket if you are anywhere near him. He's a fantastic talent, rising star. You're going to really enjoy him. I have enjoyed everything I've seen out of him, and I've seen a good bit. So make sure you follow his career as he continues on an upward trajectory. We will be back with you Sunday afternoon. Mick Tarch, legendary broadcaster out of Minnesota, formerly of the AWA and the AWF, among many other promotions. He will be here a week from this very day. Ref Maine out of the great state of New Jersey will be with us. One of the very best officials you'll find out of the Northeast. So make sure you have plans to be with us, and we will talk to you soon.